¿Qué pasó, cochinos and sucias? I'm that vato gallo, and you can find me at Cochino Chingon on all social media. Today is another personal topic, and my hesitancy to talk about the subject. It's something I've wanted to talk about for a while, but at the same time, I've dreaded. Mostly because, at least now for me, it's kind of an embarrassing thing to talk about. 10, 15 years ago, I would be bragging about this off the rooftops. Well, not so much. Still, I have the tact or foresight to not brag about this because it really isn't a bragging point other than for making a point to other males that, hey, you know, I've been in your shoes. There's nothing you can really say to shock me or impress me. And at the same time, it's also been what I guess has jaded me with other females in terms of whenever they're, when we're doing the first dance of getting to know each other and they'll share some information and try to shock me. And I have to play dumb sometimes, depending on the situation, I have to read whether or not they're trying to boost their own confidence or seem as though they're not better than, but in a sense that they have the upper hand. And in some situations, it is better to let the other person know or think that they have the upper hand in a situation. And I get, I am talking in circles. I'm not making a clear point. So why am I afraid to talk about my body count or even just say the number? Well, I wouldn't call it fear. Maybe fear, maybe shame. Could be a couple of things, but the biggest thing for me is also that I don't really know what my body count is. And some of you might say, well, how the hell is that true? Like, how do you not know? You should have an idea. And I think I have an idea, but I don't have an accurate count. So I have to go back and explain my history again. And of course, I don't expect you all to go back and listen to all my previous episodes, especially even if I told you, yeah, go to this episode at this minute mark. I don't even know what episode it would be where I touch on these things. I think the closest one would be in my episode, Who Am I? And that just kind of talks about me being a sex addict and the game I played while I was one, but I don't think I even mentioned, or at least I think I mentioned when I stopped counting, but I don't think I said why or what the number was that I stopped counting. Let's go back to 1996, 97. I think it was 96. Anyways, I was on AOL, fucking around left and right and everything, anything that moved basically. And back in those days of the internet, people were generally very willing to meet someone off the internet because it was so new. And the idea was, well, if, at least for me, the idea was, well, if they have the money to be able to afford a computer, because we're talking about at least $1,500 for a computer. And this is back when minimum wage was still four and change, four and a quarter, maybe four fifty-five. I don't remember, but it was, it was less than $5 an hour for minimum wage. So the only people that could get online either were well-to-do, you know, middle-class family or some scrappy kid that figured out that they can put together a computer cheaper than buying one. I was not one of those kids. I was dumb enough to save up my money and go ahead and buy a computer. Got online and was meeting two to three girls a day. 
uh, every waking moment was spent on just being online. And the only reason I was able to afford that was because my mother passed away, left me some money when I turned 18. I was purchasing a trailer park at 18. So I didn't have to work. My income or the rental property itself uh, paid for the mortgage, paid for itself, and would pay for my utilities and bills and internet. So the only reason I had a part-time job was just to really get me out of the house and have a reason to go to the mall and flirt with girls there in public. Otherwise, I just uh, stayed at home, stayed online, and talked to people to meet up with them. And because everyone was so willing, it was no longer a game of, can I hook up with them? But rather, how quickly can I hook up with them? And this game, I played with a couple other guys on AOL that we met in person. Uh, We called ourselves the Denny's crew. In any case, we hung out and... Once or twice a month, we'd meet up, shoot the shit, talk trash about other people on AOL. Um, and then us guys would kind of go over our conquests. And we, there was a way to like, there was like a checks and balances in there. Uh, I think AOL had log files that you could open and check and see all your IMs or instant messages. And I don't remember the details, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that there was a way to we would essentially share our log files with each other. And the rule essentially was that you can't come in and try to swipe another female. Of course, it would be difficult because if, well, not difficult, but if you're, if I was talking to Blue Roses 72 and I shared my logs with someone else and they see that I'm talking to Blue Roses 72, they could be able to see the chat, like the whole conversation that we had, the time that it started down to the second. So at you know, 3.22 p.m. and 17 seconds is when I sent her the first message. So then I had 24 hours from that point to hook up with her. And it might have been possible for one of the other guys to see the logs, see who I was talking to, and then try to hit them up, especially if the conversation seemed really easy. So then it would uh, stand to reason that if she was easy with me, she'd be easy with everyone else. And they could message her and get an easy point because say I only got a half a point because I hooked up with her after a 24-hour period or I only got head from her. So that's a half point for me. But if he talks to her and convinces her to hook up within 24 hours, then he gets a point as well. So he'd get a half point lead. Um, But I think that would have been too much effort or at least too much, um, at least for me, it would seem like too much work for any of us to go through that measure just to get ahead by half a point when it was still so easy and so much abundance of females on AOL to want to meet up. So anyways, the point system was hooking up with someone within 24 hours of first contact was a point. Hooking up with them after 24 hours was half a point. And that is sex, like penis and vagina sex or anal. Um, but for the most part, it was PIV. If you got oral or gave oral at any time period and did not have sex, and that counted as half a point. I don't recall the, mm, the circumstance around who started the game. I think the game was already started between the two other guys when I joined in. But this game was fairly easy back then. All you had to do was have a sense of humor, be bold enough to say, hey, let's meet up and have something to drink. And more often than not, they would say, yes, it wasn't um, 
it wasn't that difficult to convince someone to meet you in person. Um, I mean, this is also the time when everyone was excited about every email they got. And sure, there were spam emails back then, but for the most part, spam email were kind of obvious. Um, make your dick bigger pills, uh, you know, really scammy sounding titles or uh, subject lines. So it was easy to tell back then and just you ignore it. Otherwise, you would read every line of your email message because it was so rare. So I had this access to all of these females. I was recently spurned or cheated on by my fiance. At least at the time, I thought that she had cheated on me. So that was my motivation to get back at her to exact some type of vengeance. And I could have settled for just hooking up with some of her friends and family members, but I wanted more. Like I just had to be super extra about it. And in my mind, I said, okay, I'm going to hit a thousand. That was my goal. So this is where the lines kind of start to blur because the point system or the points that I was counting was based on the game. So when I got to a thousand points, I didn't realize for a couple of years that a lot of those were just oral sex. So those were half points. So if I had conservatively, if 500 of those points were just head, that means I had had a thousand females give me head because they were half a point. So it would double the number. So then that would put me at 1500 females total, but only a thousand of them were head, which is an exaggeration. I, I would guess maybe 200 of the females I was with was just head. And then maybe another hundred or 200 were females that I had sex with after 24 hours. So that quote unquote thousand number that I stopped counting at on January 2nd, 2000, it's an inaccurate number. It's not the thousand I thought it was. And if I'm counting just getting blowjobs from this thousand count as half a point, what about all the head I got during middle school and high school? How do I count those? I have a faint recollection of that number being maybe 80 or 90 different girls that I got headed from between middle school and high school. So 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th. So five years. So five school years um, of getting head. Yeah, sounds about right. 80 or 90. Because yeah, it's probably more than 10 a year. Over five years. 50. Eh, whatever. I know it was less than 100. Or it was close to 100. But it, this, again, we're talking... 20 plus years ago that I was keeping track of this stuff. So the short version is I don't know my body count. And as I've said, I stopped counting back in 2000 when I was with my wife, my first wife, I had the expectation or the demand that I was going to have sex every day that we were married. And of course that didn't always happen. And I also had the mentality thought, um, misconception not just of, I'm going to have sex every day, but it's up to my wife whether she gets to join or not. So if she doesn't want to give me sex, fine. She chose not to have sex with me. I'm going to have sex with someone else. So in the eight years we were together, mm, sorry, not eight years. So we were 
married for eight, but we were together for almost 10, like nine and a half years. So let's see. So in eight years, that's what, 96 months, uh, 96 months. Well, conservative call it four a month, one, one female a week. So one female a week, four, four times 96, four, damn, 400. Yeah. Cause there were, there were some months where it'd be three or four a week. But then of course there were also times where I was working out of state or out of town and that would drop to maybe two a month. So yeah, four average, that still sounds high. I don't know. Like I said, I, re- I really hadn't kept track. Once I hit my quote unquote a thousand, I stopped counting. Let's just say from 2000 to 2010, 250, let's call it 250. So 1250 um, plus another hundred from middle school to high school. But that thousand doesn't count. That thousand, I'll call that 1200, that quote unquote thousand I had, even though I think it probably would have been more by total number of females. Um, so 12, 250, 14, 50, plus 100, 1550. And then from 2010 to now, once I realized that I was a sex addict um, and went through the process of going through therapy, realizing my triggers, going through, realizing that it was more of a mental health issue and not addressing things that I should be addressing in my life. Um, 10 a year? One a month. Um, yeah, one a month sounds right from 2010 to 20. Because with my wife, we, uh, like I said, we'd had threesomes from time to time. And that was mm, two to four times a year. And we were together for four. After she passed away, I fell back into my bad habits and was just running through females. So, yeah, on the conservative side, I would guess. What, another 120, 15, 16, so 1670. So conservatively speaking, I'd say 1670, worst case scenario, or it's um, a word, on the high end, I would say maybe that's 25, well, not 25, maybe 2200, so another 500 give or take that I lost track of, didn't account for, or that would, that would mostly be in the first thousand or the, the game number thousand that were miscounted in terms of um, a couple hundred of those being half points, which would have required me to have twice as many of that number. So if it was 200 that were half points, then that means there were 400 females total, whether it was oral or sex. Um, so where am I getting at with all this? Why am I talking about these numbers? Is that what's the difference between me having slept with so many women? And of course there were some, they weren't all one night stands. I, I wouldn't even begin to know where to differentiate, but at least 200 were multi-timed partners, multi-session partners. Because when I was racking up all the points, uh, I still had my quote-unquote regulars that I would see. So I had 
um, Monday through Friday, something set up for the morning, something set up for the evening. Um, well, Monday through Thursday was something in the morning around nine and then something in the afternoon, either between two and 7 PM. <clears throat> Cause I only worked like two days a week and it was evening or afternoon shifts. Cause I just refused to get up before noon. And of course the mall opens at what? 10. Any case, um, what did I work? Was it day shifts? Days or nights? No, it was mostly nights because we'd go clubbing after. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, what's the point of all this? Is that there's another scenario I, I played out in, not in my head, but I played out with a couple of male friends when they were um, kind of complaining or making the comments in, in conversation was, you know, what's a, what's a body count that's too high for a female? And so their mentality or their point of view, their vision is that a female that they would consider dating long-term or for a relationship, that they shouldn't have a higher body count than them. Or that the body count that females have should be less than two digits or, you know, as close to 10. If it's over 10, not much, not by much. So like 15 and under is their ideal. Um, and it just confused me. And then, so I tried to figure out their reasoning and it's like, oh, well, they've been through with all these other guys and they'd be dirty because they've been with them. And, you know, their logic wasn't logical. I think it was more of the idea of a guy wanting the female to be pure for them or as close to purity for them or virgin. And so I gave him a scenario, which was essentially, what if you found a female and let's just say you're the fourth guy she's ever been with. She's been with three, her first time, which was only once one time night, let's call it the prom night thing. So, or the prom night, um, cherry popping, I don't know, but you know, a quote unquote special event. And then of course, two other guys, one that she was kind of serious with her freshman year of college and didn't really pan out. And then a guy she dated after college and that was it. And now she's with you. So what's the difference between that female and a female that has 30 night, 31 night stands, like no real part, no real long-term relationships, no real commitment to partners. And now she's ready to commit. She wants to be a housewife. She wants to be, you know, a good woman, quote unquote. So let's just say that they're both willing to settle down with you. Who would you pick and why? most of them would usually pick, oh no, I want the girl that's only been with four guys. I'm like, okay. So the girl that has 31 night stands, it's only been with 30 guys and only had sex 30 times. So she's technically less experienced because you don't know how many times the female has been with four guys, how many times she's had sex, how many things they've done. What if in the last relationship she was with or that she was in because she was with her partner and her partner would let her have gangbangs? Or what if they were into kink and BDSM. And now, sure, she has a lower body count, but she's kinkier than you in ways you cannot even imagine because she had a partner that guided her into that community, into kink, into BDSM. Would you rather be, would you still rather be with the four-time girl or for the low body count woman? Or would you rather be with the one that has 31 night stands? And then that's where they would 
sit and think, oh, well, I don't know, and this and that. And even then, that's not the point. The point is to not judge someone or not judge a book by its cover. Essentially, learn the person's character. Decide that way whether or not you want to date someone. Because sure, there could have been a female that had 30, 50, or 100 one-night stands in college, high school, in her 20s, whatever. And hopefully at some point she regrets it or decides to change her ways and realizes that that's not how she's going to find a good man to be with. And I see this a lot on um, TikTok and social media where 30-somethings become pick-me girls because they realize, oh shit, I don't have the looks anymore to be able to do what I did in my 20s. So it could either be uh, regret So it could be either attrition or contrition. So attrition would be the sorrow, the um, regret, the, mm, what's the word? The distress or uh, disappointment. So they're disappointed about their past, not so much uh, remorseful about their past. So the difference would be one is they want to change, but not because it's something that they choose to because they truly believe, oh, this is bad. It's more of they change because either no longer capable of doing what they did in the past because their looks have faded, or also that the guys that they're interested in are no longer interested in them, being that they want hot, good-looking, fun, bad boys. Versus the ones that are remorseful realize the same thing that they can't do the same as they could back in their 20s. But they no longer want the bad boy. They want a good man or a good partner. Hopefully, it's because they truly want it versus just not wanting to be alone. And that's where a lot of, well, in both cases, that's where a lot of problems come in the dating scene, dating over 30, dating over 40, where in a sense, I fulfill the the need, the desire for wanting a bad boy without having to commit. And that was something that I was comfortable with back, you know, in my twenties and thirties that I was fine being the one I'd stand. Sure. I wanted a relationship. Sure. I wanted to have something more committed, but because of my past, because of the way I was, I knew that no one was going to take me seriously unless they decided of their own free will and accord that they wanted to spend more time and get to know me and then decide want to date me. Um, and I think that's why I had so few relationships early on is that earlier, um, like I said, in my twenties and thirties, I wanted relationships, but females didn't think I was a type of guy to be in a relationship with because I would only cheat on them. And in a sense, yeah, I would have back then if I wasn't being sexually fulfilled and if I wasn't being, um, emotionally fulfilled as well, because that was one of my triggers is that if I didn't get the praise I thought I deserved and It's not that I felt like I deserved praise every day, but it is nice to be told that you're attractive. Oh, you're strong. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. All the things that are, what is it? Words of kindness, uh, acts of kindness, gift, the, the whole love language thing where you're not solely defined by one type of love language. Sure. There's probably your main one, but then there's other, either a secondary or tertiary love language that suits you as well. You know, maybe I'm not in the mood to have sex tonight, but it is nice to be cuddled or even just told, hey, I appreciate you for X, Y, or Z, or when you did 
this at such and such party or such and such place, I thought it was really hot. So being told that you're attractive, being told or being told personally that I'm found attractive, that I'm found sexy, boosts my ego and makes me feel good. makes me feel like my partner wants me for me as a person. Well, I guess, you know, they, they wanted me for sex, but at least it's not just sex that they can take the time out of their day and tell me things that are outside of what would be just a normal sexual relationship. So yes, I like sex. I like having a lot of sex. I grew up having a lot of sex, but I'm also a person. I also enjoy one-on-one communication, one-on-one contact with a significant other. And so don't judge a book by its cover. Don't make presumptions based on someone's past. People can change. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Or in other words, trust but verify. In any case, to my listeners, thank you for sticking around. I love you. You're worthy of it. And until next time, besos.